You're listening to the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast, recorded at the studio of Maine Magazine at 75 Market Street, Portland, Maine. Dr. Lisa Belial is a physician trained in family and preventative medicine, acupuncture, and public health. She offers medical care and acupuncture at Brunswick Family Medicine. Read more about her integrative approach to wellness in Maine Magazine. Here are some highlights from this week's program. We can speak very specifically to a group of 30 to 60,000 people and get it right. This publication out of the three has a wider demographic than any of our publications. We're really speaking to um, people from 25 to 70 years old. There's so much to do in a weekend and it can sometimes be overwhelming when you're new to a place. And this gives you that introduction to the people and the places and uh, a little bit of a taste of everything that there is to do in a city. We wanted to find some kind of way to combine our passions and really do something to work in the community that was really active and it it all just kind of came together with the, the right timing to make this happen. When people have experiences on Casco Bay, then they make better decisions that help conserve it in the future and they take better care of it. So it's non-tangible in some ways, but in other ways it seems like one of the most tangible, important things. The Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast is made possible with the support of the following generous sponsors. Maine Magazine, Marcy Booth of Booth, Maine, Apothecary by Design, Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage, Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial, Harding Lee Smith of The Rooms, and Bangor Savings Bank. This is Dr. Lisa Belial, and you are listening to the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast, show number 155, Old Port Adventuring, airing for the first time on Sunday, August 31st, 2014. It has been said that publishing is dead, but we at the Maine Media Collective know that publishing is merely transitioning and that we have the opportunity to make a good thing even better than before. As wellness editor, it has been my privilege to share the good news about health with Maine magazine readers since January. In June, we launched a new magazine called Old Port, which focuses on the goings-on around the Portland Peninsula. Today we speak with Jen Rose, editor of Old Port, and Kevin Thomas, publisher of Old Port, Maine Magazine, and Maine Home and Design, to get a behind-the-scenes look at this exciting addition to Maine Publishing. We also speak with Zach Ankers and Aaron Quigley of Portland Paddle, who are featured in the September issue of Old Port Magazine. Thank you for joining us. Most doctors do not have the opportunity to work in the publishing field, and I do. I'm very fortunate with the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast to work closely with the Maine Media Collective and with the editors and publishers and staff of Maine Magazine, Maine Home Design, and now Old Port Magazine. Today we have with us two individuals who are very familiar with their newest publication, which is Old Port Magazine. This is Kevin Thomas, the publisher at Maine Media Collective, which includes Maine Magazine, Maine Home Design, and now Old Port. And Jen Rose is the managing editor of Old Port Magazine, as well as the editor-at-large at Maine Home and Design. Old Port Magazine launched in June of this year, and it covers everything you need to know about living, working, and playing in Portland. Thanks so much for coming in and talking to me today. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So this is really an interesting time to be in publishing. I want to talk about this first a little bit. 
because you know, there are many people who have said publishing is dead. You know, print magazines don't work. Not only have you launched uh, Maine Home Design, I guess seven years ago now, and Maine Magazine five years ago now. Correct me at any point, Kevin. But Oldport, you brought this on the scene, and it's been really well received. It certainly has been the common misperception that print publishing is dead. But we have found quite the opposite. If we continue to focus on quality editorial, quality photography, writing, and pay attention to what our readers want, there is a significant demand for print publications. And you came into the publishing field um, in a little bit of a roundabout way. You've had a variety of different businesses that you've made quite successful. But you decided you needed a publication to help you with the last business that you were in. A lot of people don't know that story, but uh, actually in 2003, I started a residential construction business in Kettabunkport and could not find a vehicle to properly market that business. Uh, so that led me to Maine Home Design uh, as a, a vehicle, frankly, for me and my friends in the industry to market themselves. Jen, you have a lot of background in publishing yourself. You actually moved to Maine specifically to be part of this new publication. What were you doing before? Um, previously, I was at uh, Hearst Digital, where I was the digital director for El Decor, House Beautiful, and Miranda magazines. And uh, back to your earlier question, this was just such an amazing opportunity to help launch a magazine. Um, people aren't creating new magazines that frequently. So to have an opportunity to help be part of a team where you're um, putting something together for the very first time was such an incredible work opportunity. You also moved to an entirely different state in order to make this happen, and you chose Maine. Why Maine? Uh, my husband is from here originally, and we would come up and uh, visit him and just fell in love with the city. We ended up getting married here. There were so many independent restaurants. Um, Portland is just a plethora of things to do and uh, people to meet. And so I was just so excited. We felt like it gave us access to the ocean and, um, and the mountains. And there's just not that many places in the world that you get all of those things uh, right in one place. We've been blessed um, having Jen aboard with her publishing background, but especially with her love of Maine and this, this freshness of spirit. She came here uh, wide-eyed and curious, and that's really helped inform Oldport as we launched it. Kevin, you are from Maine originally. You're from Presque Isle, um, which is a kind of a distance from Oldport and from Portland. You left the state and you came back, and you really f found again a love for the state that you were born in. That's true. I, th I think that my, my experience, my background have really helped inform our efforts here at 75 Market Street with Maine Magazine, Maine Home Design, and Oldport. I grew up in Rooster County in Presque Isle. I spent um, the first 18, 19 years of my life there. Um, spent a lot of time in Bangor and Brewer, Maine. Uh, then a brief time in Portland before I left uh, for Massachusetts. Um, and I was involved with a much different career in Massachusetts for uh, 15 years and really couldn't wait to get back to the state. I was attempting to get back to the state of Maine six months after I took my job in Massachusetts. And uh, from a career standpoint, I just couldn't make that work. And so when I was finally able to do that in 2003, I was thrilled to be back in the state and now really happy to be able to cover Maine from a, a new, new perspective, both uh, growing up here, but also uh, through the lens of somebody who's been away and couldn't wait to get back. Jen, you're the managing editor of Oldport Magazine, but you are the editor at large for Maine Home Design. 
And from what I understand, this requires some scouting, some getting to, to know the lay of the land, and really looking for resources that maybe um, people don't necessarily have time to find on their own. Yes, so as we develop this position, I've been working on Style Room with Main Home and Design, which is a great way um, for me to interact with different businesses and also to introduce readers to new products. Uh, and then currently we're working on the Lookbook, um, which is a, a roundup of some of the best projects that Maine Home and Design has uh, ever published. And going forward, I'll certainly be um, you know, helping to scout new projects and working with designers closely. The scouting aspect of what we do here at 75 Market Street is critical to our, our vision. A lot of our competitors uh, rely very aggressively on pitches from PR firms or outside sources. We prefer to send people out on the road and have their own experiences, whether it be through Jen DeRose's experiences on the on the road, um, finding shelter stories for Maine Home and Design, or our uh, 48 Hours staff for Maine Magazine. And that, I think that's made a significant difference for our publications. So when Jen came aboard, we wanted to very purposely make sure she was out um, traveling Maine and understanding the various characters and geography of the state. My background is uh, has been with shelter publications along with El Decor and House Beautiful. I started off my career at Interior Design Magazine as a, a market editor and interior design is just a passion of mine. I love decorating, I love design and so I'm really excited to help get more involved in that here. And when you say shelter magazines, you mean magazines that are about homes and home building? Right, exactly. Yeah, shelter is the, uh, the industry term for any magazine focused on home design, builders, architects. We're going to talk about Oldport, but I wanted to back up and um, mention that you've just released the second edition of 48 Hours Main, the 48 Hours Guide. Um, the one last year was very successful. The one this year is equally beautiful and I'm sure will be successful. What is it about um, 48 Hours that you think gives people enough of a taste of Maine? And I know, Jen, you worked on this project yourself. Yeah, the 48 Hours, I think, is something that's really special that this magazine does. Um, I think there's so much to do in a weekend and it can sometimes be overwhelming when you're new to a place. And this gives you that introduction to the people and the places and uh, a little bit of a taste of everything that there is to do in a city. Um, and it's really like, it, I wouldn't say it's the best of the best, you know, it's not, we're not pulling everything, but it, it does give you a lot of uh, a sampling of what you can do. And that's very similar to Old Port Magazine. You're trying to give people, you're not saying you have to do A, B, C, D. You're see, saying these are the people of May, of Port, Portland. These are, this is what we're doing. I mean, you've had everything from yoga to kayaking. I know you're going to have a bowling story coming up. You've talked to the people who are building hotels. Um, why Portland? Why did you think that Portland needed to have its own magazine? We were convinced, uh, watching the marketplace, that Portland was very underrepresented within the publishing business, but also within our own publications. Maine Home and Design and Maine Magazine could not spend the amount of time on the Portland area that it deserved. We are making efforts to cover the entirety of the state from the county to the coast. Oldport Magazine is a little different from Maine Magazine. It's um, It feels a little... Uh I don't know, faster paced somehow. It's very stylish. You have models who have 
um, gone to various parts of Portland and they're wearing very stylish clothes. And sometimes people don't think of Maine as being as up to date as what Old Port shows, but we really are. I mean, we've become a very kind of metropolitan state in some in some aspects. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just every morning when I'm walking to work, I, uh, I can't believe all the fashionable women that I see in this city. It's, you know, I'm like, oh, I like her her sunglasses or her shoes. And there's so much going on here, just, you know, just on the street level. And Old Port definitely tries to capture um, a little bit of that movement that's going on here that, you know, Portland is, is growing and we're excited to uh, be there along with it. I think our our experience in Maine obviously drives the content in the three publications and what we have found is that our experience has been different than the stereotype that Maine has. Uh, we love that we have lighthouses and lobsters but it does not completely represent our experience. Uh, so the stylish aspect that you referred to or the fine restaurant choices or the, uh, the new uh, craft cocktail bars are all part of the experience that we have. Um, in between the times when we are traveling to Katahdin and Acadia and doing all the fun things that we're the state, the state is primarily known for. And I think, um, too, we have this a couple of new columns. One is Fines and one is uh, the style column that you were talking about. And it's a roundup of the fashion and the products that are available right here at all the stores in Portland. It's amazing what the resources are that are local. Well, tell me about some of the other things that Old Port covers. So we have uh, uh, several new columns that really focus on the people of the of the city. There's a love letters column where uh, we introduce, um, it's generally three people. Um, the last story was three couples um, that live and work in Portland and, um, you know, who they are and what they're doing here. Um, like I said, there's the finds and um, style column, and that's really um, a little bit more of the shopping experience and all of the local independent stores. We have dish and drink, which are a roundup of some of the signature dishes and signature cocktails that you can find. Um, so there's really just, it's all about Portland and everything that there is to um, do in the city. We've really made an effort to pull in some characters that make up Portland. Uh, people like Andrew Vogue from Hutton Alpine, David Churn from David's Restaurant, John Coleman from Via. These are the, the people, the characters that we run into um, weekly uh, within our Portland Peninsula experience, and we wanted to share that with our readers. It also seems that you are representing really quite a broad age range. You're dealing with some of the younger entrepreneurs and some of the long-term fixtures um, in the Portland scene. That's absolutely right. This, this publication out of the three has a larger, uh, wide range, wider de demographic than any of our publications. We're really speaking to um, people from 25 to 70 years old. Here on the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast, we've long recognized the link between health and wealth. Here to speak more on the topic is Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial. Sometimes I meet with married or partnered clients, and when we get to talking about their financial lives, a cultural divide bubbles to the surface. One person feels one way about their money, and the other seems to be on their own financial island with a set of beliefs and rules that have created unnecessary borders and boundaries. It's not an uncommon thing, and when I hit those situations, I do my best to help both people understand that neither is 100% right or wrong. 
that they simply have to take a step back and look at their own financial life in a new light. It is also true in politics and economics. What we need to do is see money as a living thing that can be used to grow our lives together without disagreement or so-called border issues. It's a great feeling for me. It's like I'm helping people negotiate peace treaties with their money. Be in touch if you want to know more. Tom at Shepherd Financial Maine will help you evolve with your money. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through Flagship Harbor Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Flagship Harbor Advisors and Shepherd Financial are separate entities from LPL Financial. The Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast is brought to you by Bangor Savings Bank. For over 150 years, Bangor Savings has believed in the innate ability of the people of Maine to achieve their goals and dreams. Whether it's personal finance, business banking, or wealth management assistance you're looking for, at Bangor Savings Bank, you matter more. For more information, visit www.bangor.com. bit about food because it's been very interesting for me um, as someone who has been all around the state to see that even though Portland is known as a foodie town it's almost as if we have little other foodie townlets that are around you know up in the Camden Midcoast area we have in the Kennebunk area and even you know I'm thinking in the Mill Hill restaurant in Bethel so does it seem to you that there's an infectiousness almost to this this sense that we want to have the best food that the world has to offer? I think Sam Hayward at 4th Street really started a trend with his his early ad- adoption of the farm-to-table movement. And I think that people like Sam um, and uh, others have really created a food destination here. And I think you're right. I think that it, that has, no pun intended, fed upon itself and it has attracted other uh, restaurateurs and chefs to the area and to Maine in general. And I would say, too, having gone to the Kennebunkport Festival in June, it was just amazing um, the amount of restaurants and incredibly talented chefs that were involved uh, with that. And then as well as, you know, national press from Vogue and Bon Appetit. Um, I had a really amazing dinner with the um, Old Port Sea Grill at someone's house. Uh, and just the talent that's coming out of um, both the city and throughout the state is, is definitely impressive. And you're also trying to make the city more accessible. You don't have to go to a fancy restaurant. You don't have to buy a fancy dress. You can also go for a run. You can also go for a walk. You're actually putting maps um, into your issues. And you're, you're really just saying, you know, here's some things you could do. Choose whatever makes sense to you, which is really something that you've done with Maine Magazine, Maine Home Design um, from the very beginning. It's, it's an aspirational thing that you have to offer for people. You're not saying this is the right way. You're saying... Here are some ways that we found that we think are fun and interesting and appealing. Absolutely. I think if Susan Grisani was here, who is our uh, editor-in-chief and, and partner with the publications, she would say we curate the main experience based upon our personalities and our own experience. So we certainly aren't um, presenting this as the best of the experiences. We're saying this is our experience, and you might want to share in that. 
And you're also employing people um, at 75 Market Street. And the word employing is really interesting to me because as part of this team, it doesn't even feel as much a, a, an employer-employee relationship as it does feel like a team. It feels like a group of individuals who really want to talk about um, Maine and why we feel passionate about it, um, that you're just as likely to find somebody um, climbing a rock wall or hiking um, Katahdin or going to Greenville as you are, you know, in your stilettos walking down, I don't know, Commercial Street or towards 4th Street, you know, that people in Maine are many things. And in fact, the same person can be interested in hiking, biking, kayaking, canoeing, and also dressing fashionably on a Saturday night. It was really fascinating for us to introduce the 48 hours concept to our staff. And we opened up uh, that opportunity to all of our staff to participate in that. They could select a weekend in a town and go by themselves or with a spouse or significant other. And what we learned from that experience was more about their personality. And to your point, uh, people were hiking, kayaking, dancing, going out to find restaurants. And I think that has been the brilliance of the 48 hours piece in general, that we we are offering a glimpse into what our staffers prefer to do, whether it be an art director or an editor um, or a salesperson. We started this conversation by talking about the possibility that publishing was dead. And what's interesting to me, and we said, of course, publishing isn't dead. We know that that's not true. But what's interesting to me, Kevin, is that he, prior to this, you worked in the building industry and you were part of Thomas and Lord, which still exists as a construction company in the Kenny Bumport area. But you also had experience in the food service industry. I mean, it seems to me that what you're saying and coming in here and doing this is just, you know, this is a need that um, we see. This is something we want to do. We don't have to do things the way that it, they've been done before. You know, if there's something that we want to do, we can find a way to do it. And that's what I, uh, I'm understanding that Maine Home Design, Maine Magazine, that's sort of an interesting approach. You're not saying, I'm coming from the publishing world and I'm going to do it like they do it. You're saying, I see something I want to create. Unfortunately, a lot of industries get caught in a trap of um adhering to old traditional practices or their legacy systems. And I think that is what has happened to the publishing world prior to five or 10 years ago. I think with um, new technologies, we were able to buy, for example, software off a shelf and an iMac from the Apple store. We aren't um, using film photography any longer. We're using digital photography. We really made the process more efficient and we were able, therefore, to talk to a, a more specific niche. We didn't have to be everything to everyone. The old publishing model, you really needed to be everything to everyone. You needed to have a circulation of 200,000, 250,000. Um, in the new publishing model, we don't need that. We can sp speak very specifically to a group of 30 to 60,000 people and get it right. And at the same time, Jen, from the publishing industry, we can bring forward the lessons that really make sense to us. We can use some of the things that worked very well as we're um, working on magazines like Oldport or as we're continuing to improve magazines like Maine Magazine. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole industry is evolving and um, there's definitely a sense of innovation here, um, which is smart. And having been in digital the last few years, you know, I, I think there's a lot of lessons there too as, as the whole industry reinvents itself. To be clear, we don't consider ourselves simply a print publisher. We consider ourselves a publisher, and that includes uh, print, radio, 
online, whether it be website, social media. We have a, a significant social media presence, particularly with Facebook. I think we have over 75,000 fans on Maine Magazine. We reach a quarter of a million people a week through our posts. So we're communicating with our audience in whatever way they want to receive that information, and that has made us more relevant. And you've also made a significant commitment to the next generation. You brought in quite a number of interns this summer to work with your publications, both on the print side but also the digital, and to really just get a sense um, that you know that this new and interesting business is something that is going to be made better by young minds who are coming from a very different um, standpoint educationally and digitally than um, the minds now in the workplace. It's been a fascinating experience this year. We've brought in over eight interns. Um, that's probably twice as many as we brought in the past. And it's been, been fun to watch them. They're high school students and college students. It's fun to watch them interact with our regular staff and as well as each other. And they do bring a, uh, a new energy into the office space. I encourage people to pick up the latest Oldport Magazine, which is the September issue. Also to go back and look at the June issue. And of course, all of this is available online. We've been speaking with Kevin Thomas, um, publisher with Maine Media Collective, which includes Maine Magazine, Maine Home Design, and now Oldport Magazine, and Jen DeRose, the managing editor of Oldport Magazine, as well as the editor-at-large at Maine Home Design. And what website should we direct people toward? It's oldportmag.com. And also Maine Magazine? themainmag.com. Very good. Well, I appreciate your coming in and uh, talking to us today. I know you're very busy getting all these new publications out into the world. Um, You're doing a great job, and um, it's been really fun to be a part of your team as well. So thank you. Thanks again. Thank you, Lisa. As a physician and small business owner, I rely on Marcy Booth from Booth, Maine, to help me with my own business and to help me live my own life fully. Here are a few thoughts from Marcy. When asked, most of my clients say the same thing about what keeps them up at night. Money. Making certain cash flow is there to meet day-to-day operational needs. Oh my gosh, is payroll going to be able to make it? When we dig deeper, we understand that those sleepless nights are symptoms of poor planning and forecasting. And more often than not, the reasons for not doing it are a lack of time, and a lack of resources. So here's a suggestion. Instead of living in fear of the numbers and losing sleep over them, make peace with them by paying closer attention to the financials and creating positive cash flow. I'm Marcy Booth. Let's talk about the changes you need. Boothmain.com. This segment of the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour is brought to you by the following generous sponsors. Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage in Yarmouth, Maine. Honesty and integrity can take you home. With Remax Heritage, it's your move. Learn more at rheritage.com. When we think about canoeing and kayaking in Maine, we often associate it with um, our lakes and our rivers and being a little bit more inland. But today we're speaking with two individuals who are bringing kayaking and canoeing right to the 
Portland Waterfront, and we're so glad to have them. This is Zach Ankers and Aaron Quigley, who together run Portland Paddle. Zach Ankers is a Maine native who lives on Munjoy Hill. He spent 14 years as a guide, leading countless kayaking and canoeing trips off the coast of Maine and in Mexico, British Columbia, Ontario, and Alaska. He is licensed as a master Maine guide and is certified as an instructor by both the American Canoe Association and Paddle Canada. He is a wilderness first responder and he has received certifications in wilderness, water safety, and swift water rescue. Outside of his work as a kayaking guide and instructor, Zach is a journalist, writer, and teacher. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me, Lisa. We also have with us Aaron Quigley, who grew up exploring New Hampshire's waterways by canoe and kayak. Backpacking trips in the White Mountains inspired her lifelong love of the outdoors. Erin has a master's in science and natural resources and has spent many years working for environmental conservation and outdoor recreation nonprofits, including the Northern Forest Canoe Trail and the Maine Island Trail Association, two New England long-distance water trails. She is certified Wilderness First Responder, Registered Maine Guide, and American Canoe Association Certified Kayaking Instructor. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you, Lisa. You have, both of you, um, impressive um, qualifications to do the work that you do with Portland Paddle, but you also have impressive qualifications academically. And this is when I had a conversation with you in writing the Old Port Magazine article that people who are listening to can read in September. Um, this is what I was most struck by, is that you have quite a varied academic background between the two of you. Zach, tell me about your background. Sure. Well, I... Um for the last several years, I've I've been teaching at community colleges before I, before we started this business. So I got a master's degree in literature out in Vancouver, and I taught uh, literature and writing at at community colleges down in New Jersey, and then here at uh, SMCC in South Portland. And now I'm I'm doing a, a PhD program in in history in American history at, at University of New Hampshire. So I'm in the middle of that right now. Aaron, you went in a slightly different direction. You went more of the environmental studies, master's in science kind of direction. Tell me about your background. Um, My academic background is really varied, actually. Back when I was an undergraduate, I studied sociology and anthropology, and I thought I was going to be an archaeologist at some point, actually. But um, then I got a job working for the Forest Service, and I realized that the outdoors was more where I wanted to focus. So, um, so yeah, I have a master's from UVM in natural resource management. Um, and I made it halfway through a PhD program up at the University of Maine, Orono called the Sustainability Solutions Initiative, which is all about interdisciplinary solutions to environmental problems. Um, but somewhere in there, I decided the academic track wasn't really for me. And that's part of part of the genesis of Portland Paddle. So well, tell me about that. Portland Paddle is um, a little bit more than a year old. You're based off of the East End, and this came about um, through conversations that you had as roommates on Vesper Street on Manjo Hill. You know, part of it is that we thought that somebody needed to be doing this because the East End Beach and just Portland in general is just such a great spot for to, to launch a sea kayaking trip. And there's really not a lot of access to the waterfront, and there's not a lot of access to, to kayaks. Um, and you know, a lot of people on in Portland don't have storage for a kayak or a paddleboard, and they just don't have a way to get it down to the water, even if they do have storage for it. 
So we just thought that somebody needed to be doing this, and it's just, you know, we were living right there, and we wanted to do something. We wanted to find some kind of way to, to kind of combine our passions um, and really do something to kind of work in the community um, that was really active, and and uh, it, it all just kind of came together with the, the right timing um, to make this happen. The work we do when we're not doing Portland Paddle is much more... Um, non-tangible, you know, writing and um, outreach and things that aren't necessarily a, a solid or um, a, a physical kind of um, physical kind of work. And uh, so we had a lot of discussions about like if we could have a real thing to give to the community, like a, a tangible thing, what would it be? And that's kind of having a having a business seemed like a really good way to do that a business that was needed and relevant mm -hmm. and boats boats are pretty tangible mm -hmm. I mean, there's something that you can actually do something with in a very immediate way and we're really dedicated to the idea that when people have experiences on casco bay then they make better decisions that help conserve it in the future and they take better care of it so um, that is a pretty, it's non-tangible in some ways, but in other ways, it seems like one of the most tangible, important things. So you, I know that you have kayaks and you have paddle boards, and those are available to rent in the short term and in um, the longer term. But you also do instruction and you also do guided tours. Talk to me a little bit about that. Sure, yeah. So. The, the instruction, the, the lessons that we offer are becoming a bigger and bigger part of what we do. Um, and, you know, really it's that you, you started off talking about how kayaking in Maine is, often takes place on lakes and rivers. And it's kind of a different thing out here on, on the Casco Bay and, and on the, the Maine's, on Maine's coastal waters because it's just, there's a lot more hazards out there, a lot more things to think about in terms of the currents and boat traffic and the very cold water. and exposed coast and so we really want people to have skills and knowledge before they go out there in preparation um, and so we're we're pretty selective about who we rent kayaks to and kind of where we let them go and so we really want to encourage everybody to actually take one of our lessons and and develop some skills um, and and so then, then they can come back and sort of rent on their own once they've developed some skills and, and more familiar with the environment and, and then they can go out and explore and and we really hope that, you know, ideally what happens, and this is actually happening with a lot of our, our clients, is they come to us and take a, a beginner lesson, and then they come back for an intermediate lesson, and then they kind of take a few lessons, and then finally they come back and start renting on their own. Um, and so it's sort of, um, it works out from us, you know, kind of from a business perspective of having repeat customers. Um, but it also just works out because we get to see them develop, and they get to really you know, gain a lot from it and and go out paddling and feel really confident. And Aaron, I know that tours are an important part of what you do. Fort Gorgeous is very popular because it's quite close by, but it's a surprising destination. Not people, most people don't um, have the chance, even having lived in the Portland area all my life, I've never gone out there and actually been on the grounds there. Yeah, it's surprising and really gratifying when people who, you know, we've had people come down who have lived on Munjoy Hill their entire lives and they looked at the fort out there that entire time and they've never set foot on it before. And one of our tours is the way that they finally get out there and they get to explore it on their own. And so Fort Gorges is definitely our most popular tour destination. Um, there's lots of other great tour destinations as well. Um, 
getting out into the islands, places to land and um, explore a little bit, lots of places to see wildlife like seals and ospreys. And the tours are definitely the um, sort of the simplest way for people to come experience what we have to offer. You know, we have a whole staff of experienced registered Maine guides that are really knowledgeable about the history and the ecology of the area. And so you can really learn a lot about the bay by being on one of our tours. So it's a great option also. I think that um, tourists definitely gravitate towards the tours most, but also locals are starting to realize that it's a really great way to, to learn more about where they are, which is great. You also have longer tours that take you out to places like Cow Island, where I understand there are some yurts that can be, um, I guess, inhabited for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's a thing where a thing that's new this year that we're really excited about a partnership with Ripple Effect, which is the nonprofit that owns that island and does um, summer programs and school programs for kids, um, and they do really great work. And so we've um, had a variety of kinds of partnerships with them, and now we're trying to use these resources that they have to help people get out and spend the night on an island, which is a really cool thing. The yurts are. Uh, are really cool so you don't have to pack your tent and some of the other stuff you'd have to jam into your kayak otherwise it's a really um, accessible way for people to try a kayak overnight. I understand also that Jewel Island is in the rotation? Mm -hmm. Yeah Jewel Island is a little further out um, but it's it's another really amazing destination that you know a lot of people who live in Portland even people who've lived here all their lives have never been there before and it's just it's amazing because you go out there and you feel like you're on a really just wild coast, far from any city, um, you know. And the, we like to go to the so southern side of the island, where there's this really nice beach with a campsite on it, with big uh, cliffs, just kind of facing the open ocean. Um, so we'll be doing at least two trips out there this year, overnight trips. You know, another organization we we work with and rely on is the the Maine Island Trail Association, and they just have all these great islands throughout the coast of Maine that that they provide access to and. Um, you know, and that's a really great resource because there's just so many beautiful islands to explore by sea kayak in Maine. It's been important to both of you and all of your staff really to keep these islands in good shape. So you've done some cleanup um, days with the Maine Island Trail Association just to make sure that this natural, these natural resources are maintained. Mm -hmm. Yep, we've done uh, twice now on our opening day of our first season and opening day of our second season. We've participated in the Maine Island Trail Association Casco Bay cleanup, primarily by heading out to Fort Gorges, actually, because we get a lot from Fort Gorges, so we want to make sure we help keep it clean and help uh, maintain it as much as we can. So those have been really fun and really successful partnership opportunities and we hope to keep that going in the future. Um, and we work with or have worked with several organizations um, in that capacity where maybe they even just want kayaks to help people get out to a cleanup that's happening somewhere or an event on an island. Um, for instance, we're working with Maine Coast Heritage Trust later on in the summer to help them do a guided paddle to Lanes Island, one of their new acquisitions. So we really enjoy helping out with those kinds of things. Both of you grew up on the water. Um, Zach, you grew up on the Penobscot River, I believe. And Aaron, you grew up um, right near the White Mountains and some rivers and streams. And, and on Great Bay and, and in New Hampshire, yeah. Great Bay in New Hampshire. And you were very young when this whole process started. Does it feel as if you could have lived your lives any other way? It's hard to imagine, for sure, yeah, because 
I mean, I, yeah, I've just spent so much time in the water my whole life. I mean, as a kid, just swimming in the river every day and then got into kayaking when I was 11 years old and I've just pretty much been a part of my life ever since. Um, and, you know, that's really what's probably kept me coming back to Maine and, and the reason why I live here now is just because the ocean and the lakes and the rivers and, you know, and all the outdoors here, it's just it's difficult to find that anywhere else that I'd want to live. Yeah, I'm not sure I could live anywhere else at this point. Um, Portland especially strikes such a great balance between being a vibrant city where there's lots of interesting things um, going on and lots of ways to get involved, but also having the ocean and the mountains and the rivers and the whole thing um, so accessible at the same time. Um, and there are probably very few other places like this. And so I enjoy the fact that all of these things are here and I'm only really an hour from, from where I grew up along the coast and it's just a, a really fulfilling place to be. One of your partnerships has been with local musicians and um, I remember Zach telling a story about um, being in a tandem kayak and wrapping up a, <laughs> a guitar <laughs> to sit in the front of the kayak right. so that you could bring it out and have the musician play um, out on an island. Uh, that sounds pretty fun. Yeah, so we have the, we have a concert series at at Fort Gorges that we call Acoustic Paddle, and we yeah we paddle out with a local musician and have a little concert in the fort, which you know the fort is just a really incredible setting for live music because there's just wonderful acoustics and it's just really beautiful and it's always really quiet inside, um, and so we'll be doing that again this year. We just started planning. We've got Joe, local uh, musician Joe Walsh is going to be one of the artists featured this, this summer. But we're hoping to do at least a couple of those again. We've talked about the fact that um, each of you have a very different but strong academic background. And Aaron, you've done work towards a PhD. You're not doing it right now. Not a little bit on hiatus, I suppose. Zach, you are currently pursuing um, a PhD in American history. Mm-hmm. How do you balance all of these things? I mean, Aaron, how have you balanced this previously? And Zach, how are you balancing it all now? Well, the seasonal nature of Portland Paddle actually is a lifesaver in terms of giving us more of an ability to pursue these different things that are really important to us, I think. And um, there's still plenty to do for Portland Paddle in the winter, and it it's always, it's always a juggling act that is more challenging than we expect it to be. But... Um, it really lends this nice variety where in the summer we're just out every day on the ocean doing things, doing physical work. And um, then by the time you get to the winter season, it feels like a blessing to be able to sit on the computer for a day, <laughs> you know? So it creates that balance. By the end of the winter, you're tired of it and you just can't wait to get outside again. So the rhythm of it actually seems to work out, I think. Yeah, and it's 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 difficult to to juggle so many things, but I think for me, like a lot of Mainers, it just kind of comes naturally to juggle lots of different different gigs at once. And I mean, I think it works out really well with this particular mix that that we've got because we spend part of our time kind of writing, you know, behind a computer indoors. And after a while, you get pretty tired of that, and so then we get to go sit in a kayak on the on the water, be outdoors, and you know, partly part of the work is solitude and by ourselves and then part of it's just really working with people out in the community. Um, so it, it really actually provides a balance that, that, you know, if I was just a full-time 
academic or a full-time writer, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get... Um, and I feel like in Portland, especially, this seems to happen a lot where everyone you meet has so many things that they want to do and so many ways they want to be contributing or different opportunities they want to pursue that very few people we know are doing just one thing. It seems like lots of people are finding ways to balance all of these different interests and passions in a really cool way. Access for you both is very important, and not just access to kayaks and paddle boards on the East End, but also... Um, financial access. What you're trying to do is create a very affordable way for people to explore the coast here. And with your new um, Portland Paddle of the Presumpscot, your new business in Westbrook, um, you really are you're trying to make it easy. Yeah, definitely. We, yeah, we just opened this location in, in Westbrook and the Presumpscot. And, uh, and yeah, the, the rentals there are much less expensive. And so it just kind of opens up paddling to um, to people who might not be able to afford to rent a sea kayak or who might have not have the skills to go out on Casco Bay. Um, because, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we don't want um, to be offering services that are just not accessible to, like, a large portion of Maine's population because they're too expensive. So we try to make opportunities to, um, to you know, have discounts or to have special deals or just have more affordable rentals out in the Presumpscot so that, so that everybody can get out in the water. There was a time when the apothecary was a place where you could get safe, reliable medicines, carefully prepared by experienced professionals, coupled with care and attention, focused on you and your unique health concerns. Apothecary by Design is built around the forgotten notion that you don't just need your prescriptions filled, you need attention, advice, and individual care. Visit their website, apothecarybydesign.com, or drop by the store at 84 Marginal Way in Portland and experience pharmacy care the way it was meant to be. Experience chef and owner Harding Lee Smith's newest hit restaurant, Boone's Fish House and Oyster Room, Maine seafood at its finest. Joining sister restaurants The Front Room, The Grill Room, and The Corner Room, this newly renovated two-story restaurant at 86 Commercial Street on Custom House Wharf overlooks scenic Portland Harbor. Watch lobstermen bring in the daily catch as you enjoy baked stuffed lobster, raw bar, and wood-fired flatbreads. For more information, visit www.theroomsportland.com. also offer, um, I believe, what you've called a Munjoy Hill discount and also punch cards so that you could, you know, there are 10 punches, 10 rentals for a certain amount of money on a punch card. Yeah, the punch cards are a great thing that we actually really would love people to take even more advantage of than they already have. Um, we have um, 10 kayak rentals on a card, 10 paddleboard rentals on a card, or a combo of both. And then, so the idea is that, you know, if you wanted to go out after work, 10 times over the course of the summer or something like that. You could just walk down and our staff then keeps a record of who you are and what your boat preference is and um, so that hopefully the punch card holders can really feel like a part of our, our community and come out really regularly. 
you also, on a pretty regular basis, get people from out of state. So you could just as easily have um, individuals who are coming in from New Jersey to travel out to um, as part of your acoustic paddle and listen to some tunes on Fort Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably almost the majority of our customers are are visitors, are tourists, um, which is really great because we could just we meet people from all over the world, and you know, which just makes our job really interesting. Um, and that's pretty, you know, typical for other like kayak com- companies like ours um, to have lots of tourists. But we've really tried to to focus on drawing in local people too, and so we kind of have a nice mix. Um, and we, you know, we want to kind of feel like we're really like an authentic Portland company that's a, a neighborhood resource. So it's nice to have a little bit of both visitors and and local people. And we found that outreach to each group is very different. Um, like for tourists are often looking for a Shinazi website where it's easy to make reservations and that kind of thing. Whereas locals seem to be looking for a lot more just word of mouth awareness and um, other um, connections in the, in the community. So it definitely takes some different strategies to reach out to both groups. Opening this business yourself must have provided quite an education for you. I know, um, Aaron, you've worked with various nonprofits, and Zach, you have a background um, doing business journalism. So each of you have your own very uh, unique take on businesses, but to do something yourself as entrepreneurs, that must have taken some courage and some flexibility and wherewithal, I guess. It's definitely new. It was a new thing for both of us, and the learning curve was really steep, but um, we have a lot of great resources in the community. Like We worked with the Small Business Development Center, some resources for that, and tried to take advantage of, you know, entrepreneurism in Portland. The startup community in Portland is really big right now, and it's growing, and um, we definitely took advantage of a lot of the resources that are springing up around that. Um, which we appreciated very much. And um, it was also nice to be able to start out small and locally focused. And we grew incredibly fast. But our first idea for what we were going to do was just that it was going to be us with maybe one person helping us out sometimes. And it became apparent really quickly that we were going to have to take it up a notch, I guess. And um, But so we have been able to, to scale up you know, starting from small to bigger and bigger. So that provides a good platform for learning from. You have 10 people working with you now, is that, is that right? We or do. In, in your company? Yep. So in the course of a year, that's, uh, that's pretty fast growth. It is, it is. And we are really excited about the community of staff and guys that we've created as well. Um, they're all just really um, interesting people that have... Uh, diverse backgrounds and lives and um, and they're all just really good people and we feel thankful and lucky that we've managed to find them because we can do it without what they do they work really hard and um, and so we are that's another thing that's one of our favorite parts of this business is seeing our staff all work well together and and um, be a part of this thing. I believe that both of you had mentioned that it was your fathers that originally brought you out. I know, that, Zach, I definitely remember you said when you were 11, your dad brought you out. I could be wrong about this, Aaron. I, I don't know if it was your dad or your or your mom or someone No, else. it was my dad, actually. Dad. We went canoeing 
and you were also around the same age, 11 or so? Probably younger. It was very recreational. I mean, we just bust out the canoe and float down the Lamprey River near where I lived in New Hampshire, but it was a big part of his life. So, so in looking at what you're doing now, how do they feel about this big adventure that you're taking? Well, my dad actually works for us. Um, he, <laughs> he, teach, he, he teaches um, paddleboarding and, and kayaking for us because he's also been a, a kayak guide for many years. Um, he he kind of got into it after I did, but um, as, a, as a guide. Um, but he's been a great resource for us because he's, he's always happy to help out. And so every weekend he teaches our paddleboarding lessons. And has your dad come down to help out too, Aaron? My dad is not so excited about getting in a sea kayak. He's a, he's a pretty big guy, and uh, he likes his canoes and his open craft. So I'm still working on him as far as getting him out on the ocean. He's a forester by trade, and so he, um, he gravitates towards the lakes and the rivers and, and being out in the woods. So that's his thing. Do you have any regrets about uh, coming back to Maine, Zach? I know that in looking on the Portland Paddle website, you've been all over the place. You've been to Baja, Mexico, and you've been to um, Alaska, and you're an adventurer. You're, you're a man of the world. And I assume that there's probably a similar thing that you've done, Aaron. It just isn't quite as readily apparent on your website, I guess. But you're here. You're both here. And you've, and you've chosen very much to live here. Yeah, and it seems like I meet a lot of people who, who have had a similar experience to me where, you know, they grew up in Maine, maybe a small town in Maine like me, and, and they go out and kind of see the world and live in big cities and live in different regions. And they realize that Maine is pretty great. It's hard to beat, it's hard to beat Maine. And so, you know, that's really what happened to me is I just, I lived in a lot of great, beautiful places, exciting places, but it's just for me, especially Portland, just really has the right mix of kind of urban and rural and access to outdoors and just great people and just really high quality of life and it's affordable. Um, so it's, this is really where I want to be. And I guess I had a very similar similar experience. I did live lots of other places for very short periods of time when I was younger. And um, when I moved to Portland, which is about four years ago now, maybe a little bit more than that, I had a really distinct feeling of, oh, I fit in here. I felt like I found a place in, in the city more quickly than in other places I lived. And I think that was actually sort of a revelation for me in my personal life around maybe it's time not to bounce around so much and maybe here is where I would like to be for a while. And so it was the start of this this um, train of thought towards how can I give back to this community that made me feel welcome from the beginning. I'm sure that people who are listening, whether they are from away or whether they're from Maine, are going to be interested in um, exploring the coast with you, kayaking or paddleboarding. So how do people find out about Portland Paddle? Well, they can visit our website, portlandpaddle.net. Um, you can always give us a call, uh, 207-370-9730. And we have our staff 
down there at the beach that are really happy to talk about all our different offerings and places to paddle. And you might get one of us on the line as well. It depends on what day it is. And, um, or you could just stop by. I mean, plenty of people take their dogs down to the East End Beach or go running or walking down there. And we have our storage container and our boat rack and some signs and we're pretty easy to see, hopefully. And um, just stop by and we'd love to chat with you about what we do. We've been speaking with Zach Ankers and Aaron Quigley, who run Portland Paddle. So I appreciate the work that you're doing to introduce people to the coast of Maine and um, give them the chance to do kayaking and paddleboarding and go out beyond the Portland waters. And I appreciate your coming in and talking to me today. It's really good to be here. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. You have been listening to the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast, show number 155, Old Port Adventuring. Our guests have included Kevin Thomas, Jenda Rose, Zach Ankers, and Aaron Quigley. Read our Portland Paddle article featuring Zach and Aaron in the September issue of Old Port Magazine. For more information on our guests and extended interviews, visit doctorlisa.org. The Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast is downloadable for free on iTunes. For a preview of each week's show, sign up for our e-newsletter and like our Dr. Lisa Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter as DOCTORLisa and see my daily running photos as Bountiful One on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you, so please let us know what you think of the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast. We welcome your suggestions for future shows. Also, let our sponsors know that you have heard about them here. We are privileged that they enable us to bring the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour to you each week. This is Dr. Lisa Belial. I hope that you've enjoyed our Old Port Adventuring show. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day. May you have a bountiful life. The Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast is made possible with the support of the following generous sponsors. Maine Magazine, Marcy Booth of Booth, Maine, Apothecary by Design, Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage, Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial, Harding Lee Smith of The Rooms, and Bangor Savings Bank. Dr. Lisa Belial is a physician trained in family and preventative medicine, acupuncture, and public health. She offers medical care and acupuncture at Brunswick Family Medicine. Read more about her integrative approach to wellness in Maine Magazine. The Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast is recorded in the studio of Maine Magazine at 75 Market Street, Portland, Maine. Our executive producers are Kevin Thomas, Susan Grisanti, and Dr. Lisa Belial. Our assistant producer is Leanne Wiemet. Audio production and original music by John C. McCain. Our online producer is Kelly Clinton. The Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast is available for download free on iTunes. See the Dr. Lisa website or Facebook page for details. (laughs) 